0: welcome to the penguin magic podcast i'm your host eric tate we've got a great show for you this week and it is time for one of those times we call the state of the penguin nick it's been a while since we've done one of these
1: we've been bad bad at the state of the penguin have we been bad
0: we well we had planned to do it once a month and we were good for about three months and then you and i went on the road (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, we've done a lot of shows over the last few months.
0: It's been uh, where have we been? We've been to Mystique, Prestige, Chicago, the Magic Castle.
1: Well, I didn't even realize it because I kind of like over the last three years or so, or like even just before the plague, I was kind of like nailing down like, okay, I like to go places on my birthday. Yeah, and then Thanksgiving's
0: another one we yeah, do a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, but we just ended up like booking the same time inadvertently.
0: Um, y- there was like, a time we,
1: we didn't know that we were both at the Chicago Magic Lounge. The Until s- like a week and a half before, <laughs> the same week. Yeah, yeah
0: they they Chicago Magical Lunch sent out an email and we were both on it, and then we were like, "Oh, what's going on?"
1: Is that right? Did we get? Did we both get <laughs> <say that> correctly? <laughs> Whoa, that was my soda, everybody. Anyway, um, yeah, no, we've been doing a lot of shows, mostly leading up to uh, the Magic Castle. We just did the the castle last week at the same time, which was an absolute. Pleasure to be there with people I knew.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun because I was early close-up, you were early parlor, and then Nathan Comarsh, who you used to work at yeah, yeah. with at, uh, the uh, Theater Magic in Orlando yep. at the Universal Studios, was there. He was late close-up. Or, sorry, late parlor because the late close-up guy was a guy named Aki. Loved who Aki. was Aki was so good. Yeah. And then uh, Jason Tong was early, yeah, early close up. did
1: you catch up. Jason? I never got to see I Jason.
0: did catch Jason. He's, uh, he, had, he had a nice little coins on, through the table routine, and then there was uh, some other fun card stuff with uh, nice kicker endings that uh, were individual cards were found and then he had ended up producing four of a kind
1: but sorry Jason I didn't even I didn't even think I met Jason last no. week I didn't even think I saw him it's
0: cool so Jason Tong is very cool because he used to tour with Shimada uh, he was Shimada's support act he would perform illusions with him and then and then he'd do other tricks during uh, Shimada's show Jason was a very cool guy very knowledgeable been around quite some time
1: but yes, Magic Castle was, uh, is that what we're talking about today? I what think are we so, talking about? I think what we're talking, <laughs> so I think we
0: should talk about some of the cool products that have come out, and then maybe we should talk sure. any good stories about uh, being at uh, Mystique or Prestige or sure. Chicago, and then we should talk about the castle, and then uh, what we got coming up.
1: Okay, yeah. Where do you want
0: to start? Uh, let's start with some, uh, some of the fun products that have come out lately. I think we should just get those out of the way before we start telling stories, because there's been... We've had a couple of neat things uh, that have come out.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think back, uh, honestly, and we're talking here, like, I'm totally, this is off the top of my brain. We haven't thought, we're just, this is a totally impromptu conversation here. And I'm trying to think, I know, like, maybe this goes back as far as, like, Control-C. Yeah, I think it does. Um,
0: I think it goes back to Control-C, and we we should also talk about Boombox and Brainchild.
1: Mm, mm, and maybe the, yeah, okay. Um, You know, so, like, Control-C, man, Um this was something that Chris Rollins showed me at Blackpool. I know he had been working. Chris Rollins has always been working on these mentalism effects, uh, specifically in the drawing duplication world. Um, he's kind of the guy yeah. uh, when it comes to that stuff. Uh, but
0: He fooled me badly with this.
1: Control C is essentially the two-envelope test, uh, popularized by Bob Cassidy, kind of like the white dwarf uh, plot, where mm-hmm. one uh, a thought is written down or drawn, and then on a business card and placed in an envelope, and then placed inside another envelope. And under those test conditions, you are able to divine what is written down or, or the spectator is thinking of. Mm-hmm. You're able to get a peek on it. <clears throat> and Chris Rollins has put together. Uh, kind of the, So so. listen to this. You can have somebody write on the So you, you bring out an, an envelope. Inside that envelope is another envelope. These envelopes can be examined. The business card can be examined. You have somebody write something on the envelope. Uh, uh, sorry, on, on the, the business, business card. card. And then it goes face down into the, the envelope. You don't touch that envelope. They can do that themselves. Um, and you do not see what they've drawn at this point. That also goes in the other envelope, right? And then it goes between their hands. (laughs) At this point, you've touched nothing. Like, nothing. It's been examined and untouched by you, and now between the spectator's hands. From here, and if you're familiar with any of these plots, uh, what Chris has done is created a structure to present this so that you're able to get a peek on what they drew... However, never touching the business card or never touching the envelope that contains the business card on the inside of the outer envelope. Uh, There is something that happens here where you do get a peek and then you are able to, like, just, you you know what they drew at that point. And it all makes sense structurally and presentationally because Chris has figured all of that out.
0: I think what's really, so I remember when we put the demo together for this, There's a a shot of you handing the envelope, uh, handing something over to somebody else, and then you turn around. You say something like, "My friend Jessica here is going to be focusing on a thought. I already know what it is." And I I know a lot of people looked at that shot, and what they don't realize is that you're getting the peak while you're in that shot, while you're talking to directly to the camera, and that's that's how like great the peak is.
1: Yeah, you know. Maybe, maybe some days we should, you know, we should talk about magic demos and all You know, uh, even, even after all the feedback after this demo, and honestly, everybody out there, Mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to tell you the truth as much as possible.
0: It doesn't do us any good to lie to you.
1: But I also have to be very, very respectful of the effect. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of times, there's a lot of fun ways to play with that, um, and with this one, there's always, you know, with anything like this, there's always going to be a lot of feedback on deceptive demo, non-deceptive demo, whatever. Um, I can't show you the peak. You know, that's that's number one. You uh, just can't show it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what you're buying, right? So that aside, yeah, everybody's going to be disappointed when, I, when the peak moment doesn't happen in the demo. But the truth is... The peak moment can't happen in the demo; it mm-hmm. just can't. Funny thing is, um, the you can actually see me peak the peak it in the demo in the first three seconds of yeah. the demo, and I did that intentionally when mm-hmm. I because I edited the demo as well. Um, it was like, oh, okay, I can actually put this peak here. So when I am saying that in the demo, it actually s- feels very deceptive. Like if you're a critical magician and you mm-hmm. think you know, you know everything that's going on. Um, we, when the first moment is like, uh, right now my friend is writing something on that business card mm-hmm. and I'm never going to touch it. I'm never going to see it, but I'll know exactly what it is when I turn around. And it's a hundred percent true because you actually see me peak the information in the two seconds before that happens. Even though you can't see me looking at the business card or anything, but I get the peak and then I deliver that line. Um, because I just didn't have any better way to do it. Uh, at least in my own, uh, you know, experience like this is the best way to be. Uh, respectful of the trick and mm-hmm. um, you know, uh try to actually show you the peak, even though I know nobody knows that I'm peaking in that moment. But at least it's there on the yeah. camera. It's, <laughs> it's I could talk about this for hours. Yeah,
0: Control-C is awesome. I think that actually there was a, somebody reached out to me recently and they were asking, you know, hey, I do this thing. I'm looking for something to do a drawing duplication. And I was like, you should look at Control-C. It fits exactly what you want. Right, uh, so
1: if you, if you actually talk about what the how good the trick is, if you're somebody that, like, looks for peaks and... You're looking for mentalism stuff and you're a collector of secrets like mm-hmm. this is the peak of the mountain when it comes to the two envelope test with uh the uh with one of mark salem's oldest principle or mm-hmm. one of his most famous principles i should mm-hmm. say um i don't want to say it on here even though it's it's kind of out there if, if you're you look for pure, it if you know you know yeah if you know you know if you don't know Oh my God, the method's gonna mm. blow your brain out of your head. Uh, yeah. The method is amazing.
0: So let's speaking of amazing methods, I think we should talk a little bit about Brainchild by Kyle Pernell oh, because geez. I think this one is this one low key might be one of the strongest tricks of the year. I at least one of the strongest card tricks of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, Kyle won an award last year in the Penguin Magic Awards for Creator of the Year. I I think he might do it again. Like I, it's.
1: Sure. It, well, this probably will. Brainchild win. is insane. I have insane. a feeling it's going to be one of the best tricks this year. Yeah. Uh, it's sold out very fast. Sold out at Magic Live. Sold out when we put it on the mm. website.
0: It's a it's a thought of card at number. Mm. The audience yeah. genuinely thinks of a card, and then you ask them a series of questions to get the number. Then uh, after the deck is shuffled, and they you you, you count down to whatever that uh, number is you reveal the card that they thought of and then not only that but you turn it over and it's the only red card in a blue deck and then everything can be examined. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean the crazy and part. that's the real thing is that everything actually can be examined.
1: And you know, and you know what's funny is like even if even if you couldn't examine the cards um it, it, like cuz weirdly cuz if you go perform this for people do mm-hmm. you know that like you could, if you do like a blank deck trick or something like mm. that, where you're kind of secretly hiding some cards in it, there's plenty of ways to not get the spectators to see that. Cause we all know they, they're not going to, they're, they're going to examine a few of the cards and then give up. Right. Yeah. Um, so the, the fact that these can be examined at the end of the effect is more for like the magicians, you know, but it is absolutely true. So uh, Let me tell you about this trick because it's so good. So,
0: I read a lot of the ad copy for Penguin and I watched the tutorial for this because I want to make sure I'm not lying. I want to make sure I'm telling the truth in the ad copy. And I immediately, as soon as I finished the tutorial, I immediately called up Kyle and was like, How does your brain work? Because this is a good method. Yeah. And it's just, it's so well thought out and also so creative. Kyle
1: creates a lot of magic. This is a trick that Kyle does. And there is a difference there. You know, like Kyle loves creating tricks. And the tricks that he creates, he does them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a trick that, yes, he created it, but this is one that, like, is in his, like, three tricks he's going to show you table side.
0: He, did, you know? He, Kyle, I don't think a lot of people realize this. Kyle has a regular gig where mm-hmm. he's a bartending magician. Like, he yep. works behind a bar doing tricks for, for real people, mm-hmm. and he's doing this in real-world conditions.
1: So, uh, yeah, it's, it. it, it that's what. That's why I, I bring that up because it's that Good. It's mm-hmm. that level good. Uh, yeah. It, it, it is. It's exactly. If you watch the video, it's exactly what Eric said. Mm-hmm. Um, the card is thought of. Yeah. You're you're showing the cards. The spectators thinking of one of the cards that they see. The cards are not misindexed or specially printed. It's a regular deck. And then three numbers are named. Uh, dude, the cards are a mess. When you do this trick, it's very chaotic. The cards are like heavily shuffled. You deal down to the numbers that are called out you don't even know what the card they're thinking of because you can't know um but yeah their card arrives right there now there's a little bit of a move that happens here and um you end completely clean with the one card that they thought of being the one card in the that's red and a blue back or blue and a red back it doesn't matter the other nice thing is is because it's not a gimmick deck trick you can make it up with any cards that you want yeah so if you wanted to do this with like and i i say this stuff all the time i need to like
0: Actually, actually take like
1: it. a deck of Fontaine's to magic live or something and do brainchild with it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, because why not? So, uh, cause th- this trick's good. You, if mm-hmm. you guys do working stuff out there, I, I forget the, like, I forget we're in a podcast right I now. Th- it's like, why, why do they want to hear us talk about tricks? No, Look, I, this is one you can buy and go do. This is a great trick.
0: I think this is one of those ones though, that like, it's not just that you're going to do it. Like this is the one that's going to make you feel powerful. Like when you when you go and do something like this, this is the kind of stuff that you're looking out there to do. I mean, people ask us all the time when we're out there, you know what What are your favorite tricks to do?" And it's things like this that are so well thought through that are real workers. I mean, like I talk about flight 101 all the time because I actually do flight 101. But like brainchild is another one that like you're just you're gonna put it in your pocket and you're gonna do it and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna kill people. And it makes carded number interesting cuz i think that's say, the other yeah, thing
1: I, I was i was going go to go the same point yeah yeah a
0: lot of magicians like card at number because we all sort of understand the inherent impossibility right. of the effect and lay people don't always don't always understand how crazy card at number is and brainchild and a lot of the stuff kyle has done really sets up the spectator to know how crazy impossible this what, thing is. What
1: might be seen as limitations. Like when you start yeah. examining card at number and you get into that, you know, that magician mode where you're like, well, this one, uh, only can be an odd number mm-hmm. or you know, whatever, you know, um, with brainchild, you have to like, if, if you were to strip away the presentation, we are dealing with, to a specific spot in the deck. So it can't, they can't say two or Mm -hmm. nine or 10. It has to end up in a certain area, but you would never even suspect that because the numbers are framed in a fun way that make the trick better. Um, you know, you're, you're asking somebody what month they were born. You're asking mm-hmm. how many letters in their first and last name. Like, these are fun things, and they make sense in, within the presentation of the trick. Um, so, it, like, it weirdly takes it away from that boring table-side deal-down deal presentation. It just makes it a fun trick. Yeah. It's strong. Yeah. Oftentimes, when you do these tricks that have kicker endings where something happens, and then, and look, the back of the card is, is blank or Mm -hmm. the whole deck is blank. Usually the trick leading up to it isn't, it's a good trick, but it's not like a killer. Mm -hmm. The card at number bit at this is a great trick and genuinely feels like the trick is over. Yeah. And then you show them that the back design is different. And that's one of the things I love about it.
0: Speaking of kickers, I think we should, we should just briefly uh, talk about a whole bunch of products that all came out uh, recently and under the category of Craig Petty. Who? Uh, you know, he's, I think he's from the UK. <laughs> I, you <laughs> know, I, I don't know a lot about Craig Petty. I know his son is awesome. Mm. I know I know Ryland oh, Petty is like on oh, B- Britain's yeah. Got Talent. He's his, like, he's his, blowing up on Instagram. I didn't know his dad does magic. Yeah, it's Ryland Craig, Petty's dad. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about like, so Keymaster, Chop, uh, and then he was involved with Boombox and <laughs> Balm <Flipbalm> as <laughs> well. And I really like what Craig did with Balm. Because so flip balm is by Seth Race, it's a uh, it's for it's a, a utility device for chapstick magic. But what it allows you to do is basically color changing knife routines with chapstick that's in your pocket. And then he's got some fun tricks with cam- uh, using camera phones, yep. uh, where uh, where thing where they take a photo of something and it changes and in, in the picture as well as in real life. That's really good. Chop is awesome because, I mean, like, Chop is kind of a re-release, but well, basically like Craig added a bunch of new routines.
1: Chop kind of got us started. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, and Craig told me this. I, did, I didn't know this, but mm-hmm. Sean Dunn, mm-hmm. who works here at Penguin, I'm sure some of you out there know him, but Sean's kind of largely in in control of, like, picking up the tricks. Like, yeah. if it's not our tr- like, if it wasn't released through us, you know, um, he's the one that kind of talks with everybody. And I, I, Craig told me this. Craig told me this. Yeah. Not Sean. Craig told me this. Craig told me that Sean got him got him back into magic. Yeah. Uh, he said he got an email from Sean saying, "Hey, um, I love your old tricks like chop and all that. You ever thought about like?" Um, putting something out with Penguin. And Craig Mm -hmm. just hadn't been in the magic community in a while. I think we all know that. Like, if you're in Penguin, if you're in the magic world, Craig Petty disappeared for a while.
0: But Craig was out there working. Craig was out there doing tricks. Doing his
1: own thing, right? Um, But Sean reached out to him and said, hey, we'd love to do something with you. And kind of sparked this, uh, you know, uh, obviously Craig has done an absurd amount of work uh, since then. (laughs) But, uh, you know, so basically Chop, the reason why Chop got re-released is because Craig wanted to work with us and we, you know, came to, we're like, let's, let's put, re put chop back out. Because mm-hmm. chop, if you're not aware, it came out, uh, I want to say in the late, somewhere in the 2000s. Yeah. And it was just a super powerhouse routine. This is an impromptu chop cup that you can make mm-hmm. out of any cup, any yeah. crappy paper cup that you see at a hotel. You pick it up and you can do a full chop cup routine. With a mm-hmm. with a final Bill and Lemon load, if you're ready for it, right? Yeah, um, and that is
0: true. And the thing is, that Craig has been playing with it for a while, Forever. so so yeah. he teaches you the original chop routine with some stuff that he's added to it, and then he teaches you uh, an impossible card, a, you know, a, a prediction stuff. Yeah, he teaches you some stuff with uh, coins. I think in there. there is a bunch so, of.
1: You can do things with like a clear cup, yeah. Which are cool. The chop yeah. cup, you know. He's got some neat
0: stuff going on in there that it's like it's worth checking out. Look,
1: no, that trick. Like when you watch when you watch it, you're just mm-hmm. I want to do that. Yeah. Like at least I'm not a chop mm-hmm. cup guy, and when I see chop, uh, that's one that mm-hmm. I am interested in, in learning.
0: And that led to us uh, putting Keymaster re-releasing yeah, so Keymaster with Craig. Yeah.
1: Once we got Craig here, it was yeah. just like. Snowball effect. Was like, how many things can we film with Craig yeah. Petty?
0: And then we sent him home, and then we brought him back to film yes. more stuff with him before Magic Live, which is how we got involved with Flip Bomb. Yep. And we've got—I we, think—we've got a million tricks coming out with.
1: Craig. Well, yeah. What happened is we, he came—he came out here and he saw all the other things that we were working on, like Flip Bomb mm-hmm. and Boombox, and with him. And I can tell Craig's wheelhouse is more the, like, utility device gimmicks, because, like, he's like, how many tricks can you create with it, right? Which is why Boombox really uh, spoke to him. Same with Flip Bomb. Um, and even, like, Key Mask. I mean, these are just all tricks that have, like, a million different things that you can do yeah. with them. Chop cup routine, you know, so... Um,
0: now, sorry to interrupt, uh, but we do have to... Uh, oh, it's that, time. Th- it's, it's that time. It's that time. We do have to talk about Screwed Card by Adrian Vega mm. uh, because that is the featured product of the week.
1: Ooh, we get a deal on Screwed Card?
0: We do get a deal on Screwed Cards. So uh, if, if you've li- listened to the Penguin Magic podcast before, you know that we feature a product every week. Nick and I are going to talk about it here in a second. And uh, this week, the uh, feature part of the week is Screwed Card by Adrian Vega, which is a very cool trick. Yeah. Two cards... Selected, signed, torn in half, fused back together. Mm hmm.
1: Uh, man. And they can be signed? Is that what you said? They can
0: be signed. I think, well, I believe both it. Believe both
1: cards can be signed? Both cards. Wait a minute. So you tear two cards mm-hmm. that are both signed mm-hmm. and then you put them back together. Mm hmm. But if I remember correctly, you don't just put them back together. You put them back together backwards.
0: You do put them back together backwards. It, uh, it almost looks like the old screwed deck where you would screw the deck together and pull it out. Yes. Uh, Adrian's got a really cool routine here that allows you to use the gimmick cards provided to get both ends signed. And then he's got a really fun routine that allows you to apparently tear and fuse them back together in the wrong direction. It's, it's
1: kind of a quick one. Um, you know, this is a great souvenir trick. Two people can sign a card. They both get ripped, and then you visually... Re- like, it's got a visual restoration yeah. um, that you can do. Now, I remember when we, when we first got this, um, there's a couple ways to do it, and I believe both are... They, they both must be taught on the video. I can't imagine that they're not. I just apologize. I haven't seen the video in forever. Uh, there's a very easy way to do this trick, and then there's also a very... Uh, awesome way to do this trick that is difficult I say awesome because sometimes I just like difficult things Um, (laughs) but there's a very cool like you remember the first time you learned like the secret behind like the torn and restored card yeah because there's that one moment where like one piece just touches it and then instantly restores. You're like, what? How yeah. is that possible? There's some of that type of stuff going on here with, with, with the way that this can be restored. And if you watch the video, you can see it because it just like touches and they, mm-hmm. they restore and then you're clean
0: afterward. Adrian just knows how to create these cool moments where where, thi- where weird things happen and he knows how to apply just the right focus so yep. that it looks amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's killer. Um, the, the move you'll learn is, mm-hmm. is great. There's an easy way to do it. There's a there's a, an advanced way to do it. You'll get the the cards that you can, and you give them away afterward. So it's a cool it's a cool souvenir uh, walk around trick.
0: Well, as always, the wonderful listeners to this podcast receive twenty five percent off the feature product of the week when they enter the special discount code at checkout. And this week, that discount code is half round. That's half round. H A L F R O U N D for twenty five percent off Screwed Card by Adrian Vega. That code is only good for Screwed Card and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Nick. Let's talk a little bit about what we've been up to. We've talked about products that have come out, which they've had a lot of products come out, but you and I have basically been on the road for 20 weeks.
1: (laughs) Man, have I? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's hard. It
0: started with us both going to Mystique, which, do we talk about Mystique on here very often? I
1: don't know. I don't know if we talk about Mystique too, too often, if you, or not often enough.
0: If you've never been to Mystique Dining Lounge, it's uh, it's a really wonderful uh, series of dinner theaters owned by Terry Commons out in the, uh, on the, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So there's one in Salt Lake City, there's one in Folsom, La Jolla, <laughs> and then he's also got like a parlor sort of theater uh, type vibe for, called uh, The Prestige. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, the room. The room's like it's got a thirty foot long table in it. People come in and have dinner, and then you perform at the head of it. And that's where we sort of started our little mini tours here. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you you were out in uh, California at La Jolla and San Diego before I was.
1: Right, right. I uh, I love those venues. They've really mm-hmm. been instrumental in um, my stand up show uh, being able to uh, get in. That amount of time, it's not easy to find venues that will book you for like a week and you get to do 45 minutes, you know, like, so to, to really work on your 45 minute show, it's a great place to do it. Um, And, and it's nice to work nice places, right? It really is. Uh,
0: We we get to wear fun suits.
1: Sure. Uh, But Mystique (laughs) is, uh, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous venue. The people are there to watch magic and have a great evening out. It's a lot of mm-hmm. anniversaries and, you know, birthdays and, and people just on first date or whatever. Yeah. Um,
0: but that led to us. So we were out there for a while and then we ended up in the <laughs> Chicago Magic Lounge. So I did the Chicago Magic Lounge twice. I mm-hmm. uh, was working on my FISM act, uh, went out and just sort of got it, got it ready. And then uh, the second time you came out and you watched the FISM act multiple times. And that's what we started. We can't talk too much about specifics, but you added uh, a new ending to it, which was very helpful. Oh. And it was uh, it was really fun to hang out in Chicago and for people to see your stand-up show, and then Ry- our buddy Ryan Plunkett was with us, and then come in and see my uh, show, and then we would go out and hang out in the bar with them. And if you've never been to the Chicago Magic Lounge, oh, you, you need to go. check it out because it's got... The magicians there is the it's a murderer's row.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they make it so every table... The logistics behind watching everybody, uh, so like everybody sits down for the theater show and they can order food and drinks and everything, but they also have to, they are guaranteed to get a magician to come to their table. Now, how many tables are there?
0: There's, I mean, there's like 25, 30 tables in this, maybe well, more. got to be more than that. Maybe right? 50. Yeah, because there's a balcony. Do you think it's 50?
1: I don't. Oh,
0: man. I there's a lot of tables in there's there.
1: There's a lot. Um, and
0: the, sh- the shows sell out. Like, if you're going to go to the Chicago Magic Lounge, buy tickets early. Oh, yeah. I feel like... Tickets for my show were sold out months beforehand.
1: Yeah, I don't think... Th- I think they sell it out every... I- I'm just guessing Almost every, every night, every, every, every weekend. Yeah. But, yeah, the logistics behind watching them, uh, like, send magicians to the tables is funny because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we already hit table 13. Okay, great. So now I want you to go hit 24 and 25. It's, it's, it's fun. Um, it's a great. It's a great time. Anybody that is listening to this should. <laughs> Just go. Yeah, and then
0: the, if you buy, like, a VIP ticket, you can go back into what they call the 654 Club, which is their version of the close-up gallery, mm-hmm. which is a small little 30-seat theater where you can see some really cool, like, formal close-up, which yeah, is nice. Yeah. Like, I know Paige, as, as we record this, Paige Thompson is working there right now. Luis Carreron was there a few weeks ago. Oh, I
1: know this weekend is Derek Ostevani. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, Derek's going to wreck I'm in there. I
1: really wanted to go to, but we mm-hmm. have shows this weekend. We so. do have,
0: because in between all of these tours, you and I keep having to come back here and do our shows, yeah. Where we got to work with Spidey. Mark Calabrese came in here and did his uh th- what he's doing over at the McKittrick Hotel, the yep. Speakeasy Magic. Then last month it was we had Curtis Cam and uh uh, uh
1: who was uh no it wasn't Tom. We had Curtis was here with um
0: Tom Dobrowolski came Spidey. back. Ta- Curtis was here with Spidey. Curtis was here with Spidey. Oh, Henry White and Mark Calabrese worked together no. and then just last month it was we,
1: Tom Gaddis and Benjamin Barnes and
0: Benjamin Barnes, who is who works at the Chicago Magic Lounge. So we brought a little bit of Chicago here.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you've been working out your uh, the the FISM set. Uh, basically, this you, we've just been getting you geared up. Yeah. For at, next month.
0: Every every show we do at the P3 Theater, we jam my FISM act into the end of it. And uh, so
1: is this the last?
0: This is the last month at P3 is the last three that you of can shows that you're doing before FISM? I'm so I'm doing. The, so we we just got back from the castle, which we'll talk about from the for a bit. But these last four shows are to put the final polish on, and then uh, not next week, but the week after, July 11th, I go down to Atlanta for the IBM National Convention, okay. where I'll perform alongside uh, Stuart McDonald uh, and the rest of the team uh, going to uh, going to FISM. And then after that, I mean the very following week, we're we're at FISM. Elliot Terrell. I think it's Elliot is going to be, uh, representing yeah, yeah. the U S for it's all of the Americans. So it's, it's Elliot's and then, uh, uh, myself, Stuart. And then there's a guy from Tennessee who was, I, i the name thing is, is getting to me right now. I'm going to find it right now, but yeah, we're,
1: yeah. So it's basically, you're at the end of the rope as far as like getting more, uh, performances in there's on the,
0: well, I just did it. 20, I know you just did it. 29, 29 times. times. <laughs>
1: At the Magic Castle.
0: Which was fun.
1: Yeah. Um, it was, you know, one to remember, yeah. I would assume. Sorry.
0: Uh, Elliot Hunter, me, Ed Ripley, and Stuart McDonald are the Americans competing at FISM, and there is a special show on Thursday, uh, July 14th, in Atlanta, which is the FISM-IBM competitor show. So, mm-hmm. not only are we all representing FISM, we're all representing the IBM, I believe. Mm-hmm. So. It's well, the
1: Magic Castle.
0: That So, that was fun. So, the castle reached out to both of us, and asked us to come out there. And yeah,
1: uh, I mean, I'm always, I'm still tickled anytime I I get to uh, perform at the castle. I mean, I'm, I'm I never take any of these places—Chicago Magic Lounge, mm-hmm. Mystique, House of Cards—lightly. Eh, I mean, it's so it's so I, wonderful to work them. They always get my. I only say that because they, I've seen I've seen the magicians go through the motions sometimes mm-hmm. when they when they get to these places, but you yeah. know to me that it always means the world to be able to do those those venues.
0: And I think um, you know this happens a lot when you and I go work a venue is that magicians will show up and they'll go sit in the back and they'll cross their arms. Oh, and I, the yeah, yeah. Can the penguin guys work? Oh,
1: I, 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 I.
0: I think it's very safe to say that we turned the castle inside out. We 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 did we did pretty good this week.
1: I was very happy with yeah. everything I presented. Um, I mean, I, but yeah. I only it wasn't even wasn't even a question because of the amount I've put into everything that I do at this point. So w- whether was, they like it or not, yeah. there was a fun
0: moment this week where I think it was like you and I like we were getting our we were getting our reps in Monday night and then Tuesday night we were both the early performers. Mm-hmm. So we're you and I go down to the main bar and uh, and you were like man I got magicians who were here last night came back to see me yeah, and i yes. was like wait a minute they came back to see me too because i realized that on tuesday night i had two guys come sit in my show that i'd seen on monday and then you know the, the close-up runs every 20 minutes and they got up and they left the theater and i watched them turn to the left and get right back in line to see it again hmm. and i i know that happened to you too because i heard somebody talking about it and i I think, uh, I think Columbus fooled a couple of people in, in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, it's try. You know, my set. Working hard. The, there's a lot going on in my set. Yeah. And, and there's definitely some fooling things in there. Um, but it's also the same stuff that's really in my layman show yeah. as well. It's just certain pieces I pulled out of it.
0: I, I think the other thing that was really fun was all the magicians that came out to see us was talking to Penguin fans at, yeah, at no, the castle, cool. which Just was really cool.
1: Anybody that, you know, all the Penguin fan members that are out there at the, at the, magic castle. That was very cool.
0: And then the really exciting thing was, uh, you and I did something that we've never done together before. And to do it for the very first time at the castle was interesting was we gave our first lecture together. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the, and, uh, I uh, think we might've set a record. Uh, we, we filled the, the parlor, uh, mm. with, with a whole bunch of members and we got to, told some tell some cool stories and teach some cool things and and share quite a bit with the the members of the magic castle.
1: Yeah, I you know, I did, I it's funny. I just mm-hmm. said that like I don't take any of that stuff mm-hmm. lightly, you know, performing at the magic castle is like you know, within my world and what I think of mm-hmm. what my goals are within magic, it's among the highest honors that I yeah. that I can have. And it was funny like if if I had to magic at the leg, if if they asked me to lecture at the Magic Castle just 5 years ago, yeah. I would have been deer in headlights freaked out like how the <laughs> hell am I going to lecture at the Magic Castle. Yeah. And this time though, just because just because my job and how mm-hmm. often I talk about magic, they are just like, "Oh yeah, you want to lecture? Oh, sure. I, you know, I'm just kind of lucky at this point where I can just show up and talk about whatever at this yeah. point it's, and I'm confident it's going to be just fine. You uh.
0: know, it was fun though, because we, we got to lecture on things that were near and dear to our heart mm. and that we, we know a lot about and that we really wanted to share and then having them film it and archive it like in, crazy. I crazy. mean, that's uh, if you'd asked me, if you told me five ten five ten years ago that I was going to be doing something like that, I no. would have, I would have called you a liar, yep. but
1: yeah. Yeah. So I can't wait to go back. Mm. Um, you know, i it'd be uh, it'd be great to be to go back. I want I want to try to do the palace next time. That's what yeah. I was telling you I'd love to host the palace show.
0: I'd like to end up in the parlor at some point, but Yeah, you got to do I, the parlor. I think I'm going to end up in the close-up gallery again, but it's I mean, it is fun being in that small room and, and really. Oh,
1: yeah. The close-up is arguably the best room. Yeah. But it's also like I've done the it most accessible room, too, yeah. right? Like you 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 know you can go do the par- the close-up anytime. Yeah. You know, I need mean, give yourself a little challenge. It's time
0: to it's time to go prove myself in a different room now.
1: Yeah, but. yeah. The parlor is a, a, a it's a it's a good room. It's a hard yeah. room to do because you really need to do stand up magic. It needs to be a chest level and above in that room. So,
0: do uh, do you have anyone cool come see your shows?
1: You know, it, it kind of felt a little quiet in the in the in the castle this week.
0: I, um, you, I had a I had a writer for Paw Patrol come see one of my shows. Ooh, <laughs> ooh.
1: Um, no, you know, it no. was good to see Larry Wilmore. Oh. I, know, I know he's kicking around the castle a lot yeah. these days. He's actually performing in the castle
0: he's, this week. Uh, as we record this, he's yeah. getting ready to do his first show there.
1: Yeah, so it was, it was good to see Larry because he, yeah. you know, he had a lot of really just nice things to say. Everybody had nice things you, to say. Larry
0: shared a couple of tricks with me that were really good, too. I mean, I, like, here's the thing. Larry's a great writer and a wonderful comedian, and mm-hmm. if you've never seen any of the shows that Larry's involved in, you should check it out. But, man, Larry has a great set of hands with a deck of cards.
1: mm uh, other than that, you know, it was like, I, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the magicians. Mm-hmm. We give some shadows like Mad Tad came no and saw me. Yeah. Um, uh, like Ricardo Berdini. Ricardo
0: Berdini seeing our shows was so much fun. He was, oh, he was a lot of fun to hang out with.
1: Yeah. Dan uh, Goldberg, um, Jeff Kaler, Klaus, uh, I'm trying to, man, there was David Malick saw our shows. David Malick saw the show. Who else? I, know, I know Howard
0: Hamburg saw my show a number of times, which is a lot of fun. But Howard and I go way back. But uh, I know I had David Regal uh, came out to see one of my shows, which was which meant a lot to me. John Armstrong came to see my shows and uh, gave me notes, which was really cool.
1: Bill, Bill.
0: Uh, oh, Bruce Gold.
1: Bruce Gold, but also Bill, um, the, the li- librarian.
0: Oh, uh, Bill Goodwin. Goodwin. So, I, yeah, I want to say
1: Goldwin, but Goodwin, yeah. Bill, Bill
0: Goodwin. Goodwin saw our shows he and came out. Bill was oh man. Bill's Bill's great. Yeah,
1: I heard some really great things from was, Bill. Um, yeah, it was nice to talk like and then just so many members that I I don't know. Yeah. You know that, that came by that were just like I see all the time and you know, we you had know your r- show was one of my favorite I've seen this year. So it's like yeah. it was just cool.
0: And also a uh, quick shout out to the staff oh, because yeah. I had awesome hosts all week. The bartenders were great. My butler Carlos took care of me, reminded me to eat, which is so important. Yeah, Carlos and Hector were great. It was uh, it was a great time. I think we had we had a great week. It was a lot of fun. And
1: then of course Jack Goldfinger, who you know um, books the castle, Mm -hmm. came and saw me three times. Yep. And
0: uh, I had had Jack a couple of times, and it's always it's always nice when Jack comes down at the end of your set and shakes your hand. Mm -hmm. That's when you know you did a good job.
1: It was, so the first show I did,
0: uh, I, there was a lot of things that
1: just, the show went fine, Yeah. but like uh, so much of it is like structured differently and just kind of newish. I was just, you know, I was fine ab- mm-hmm. above water, but underneath water and my feet were kicking like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I missed like a switch on a certain thing, yeah. which, uh, basically at the end of my show, there was a, uh, there was a. A signed bill that was mm-hmm. coming out of a playing card. And then after that, there was something that would happen with the serial number on that on mm-hmm. that bill. And uh, it's the very first show, and of course, Jack is at it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get to the end of the show, and I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think I can do the serial number thing. Mm-hmm. I can do the bill out of the card thing, but the serial number thing, uh, I can't do it. Uh, I can't do it. <laughs> so I just had to like play the the bill out of the card bit as the end of the show which never really works out quite well because you have to like go back to the audience and give people the thing and then Mm -hmm. so you're not ending center stage you know what I mean so it kind of you know the ending was fine everything was great the show was amazing but internally I'm you know broken inside (laughs) Um, but um, but it was funny because Jack saw that show and of course he loved it but Mm -hmm. I was like Jack you didn't actually see the whole show (laughs) there was something else supposed to happen so it was kind of fun to for him to come back and uh, like see another amazing yeah. piece at the end of the show.
0: I say I had a lot of fun working on my FISM piece, learning a lot about it, getting notes from some of the best magicians in in the world. Uh, i really enjoyed working on my card to pocket because i i know it was it was fooling some people which made me happy yeah, but there was a
1: lot of people told me they, they, yeah
0: my favorite thing that i got to do this week oh, geez. was freak out right from uh, the, the justin sixth, flom trick right yeah the six greatest card tricks in the world because you know, I, when I was setting up my show, I was like, I want to do card-to-pocket, because I, I, that's a lot of fun, and I got to do the FISM Act, but that's going to leave me short, because I got to get to 20 minutes. Right. And, so and you
1: don't want to really close with the FISM Act. It's not no, a closer.
0: It's, it's, no, it's not. Yeah. It's a competition piece. Yeah, it it's works w- in... Comp-
1: it's weird. It, it, it exists for, its, for a single purpose, yep. you know?
0: uh so i was like what do i want to do and then i was thinking you know we've talked about that trick freak out a lot since oh, yeah. the 6 greatest if you want to know what this trick is it's uh, free it's free the 6 greatest card tricks in the world by rick lax and justin flom and you know you went out to vegas and filmed that you came back and you were like you should look at this trick and so i was like yeah and then i started thinking about it and i was like if i take basically this this idea and i put it into the words that need to come out of my mouth I can make the audience scream really loud and every magician in the main bar who's just outside the close-up gallery is going to be like what is he doing what is in there? What's going on in there? And it was really really fun to do that trick and yeah. I think I'm going to that's that trick's going to be in my repertoire for a while because yeah. it's it it's good.
1: Go look at that video man. Yeah. I mean I some good stuff on there. Uh, you know, it's you read the you read the feedback but mm-hmm. you know everybody's got an opinion about Rick Lax, Justin yeah. Flom. I, I don't share those opinions but uh, that video has got a lot of great magic mm-hmm. and a lot of, I mean, they're, they're definitely, they're definitely preaching out there. They're yeah. trying to spread the gospel of, uh, of good magic. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, really enjoy that tutorial, but one mm-hmm. of those tricks on there is freak out. Freak out's a killer. And I, I, if you do pick it up, take a look at the out of this world at the end. Yeah. In my opinion, I think it's, I think it's a good one.
0: I think the out of this world is good too. I mean, that, the thing he does with that little Leonard green idea is, it's, uh, it's, it's really solid. Yeah. well, I think that brings us to the end of the show, Nick.
1: Uh, do we have to, like, make a promise to do this on time? Well, okay, so... What, what are we going to do? Well, so FISM is coming up here, yeah. right? So this needs to get... I, I mean, I will be there. I don't know what we're going to do yet, but yeah. I'll, I want to make sure that the, your, your loyal listeners <laughs> um, have a full update not coming from Eric Tate, right? No. Like, do it, we need to flip this role? I think we do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: you need to you need to give everyone the blow by blow. Okay. Of what happens at FISM. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, yeah, I might need to take this this device that I'm sitting looking at here currently with all these lights. Oh, are on we it.
0: gonna are, we're gonna record something at FISM?
1: I might have to like go live like. Like, like I'll do, maybe I'll do some like live recordings like yeah. in the theater or something. I, you know, I don't know. We'll have to do something. I Let's think, see. I think whatever this, you know, me, I'm going to f- do something did I just swear? I did. <laughs> um, oh, great. Now I have to edit. This. Now you have to edit this. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'll go over the top for whatever this is. Cause whatever happens
0: we'll f- well, well, has to be documented. Well, yeah, we'll figure it out. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, am I the first penguin to go to FISM?
1: Well, yeah, obviously. Okay. Yeah, I well. mean, well, Har- no, Harlan didn't, right?
0: I don't th- no. I yeah. don't think he did.
1: O's never did, right? No. J no. 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 Yeah. Yeah. First penguin to go to FISM.
0: Oof. All right. Well, yeah. uh, weight weight of the weight of the iceberg on my shoulders. Weight of the iceberg. That's gonna do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Nick for joining me on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Nick and I have really been having a blast on the road, and for me, it's one step closer to the FISM stage. Once again, a big thanks to all of the staff and the magicians at The Magic Castle, the Chicago Magic Lounge, Mystique Dining, and The Prestige. We couldn't have put on great shows without you. Next week on the show, I talk to influencer and world traveler Anna de Guzman. We talk about how she got to where she is and where her personal brand is going. Also, as a heads up, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you at the IBM National Convention in Atlanta in just a couple of weeks. This is the first time I'll have been back to an IBM National since I won the close-up in 2018, and I'm excited to be sharing the stage with my fellow FISM competitors. competitors. I'll be hanging hanging out every night sessioning and who knows, maybe I'll even record a few special episodes of the podcast. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you pretend to be a dog on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you'll have to get me out from underneath these puppies. Rocco and Bellatrix are so happy that I'm back from LA that they haven't left my lap once. Seriously, y'all, I have the best dogs in the world. But if preventing rescue Chihuahuas from pinning me to the ground with their tiny paws and demanding all of the pets isn't your deal, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform.